Welcome back. It's the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com, your official home for Red Sox baseball. And we're hoping that Red Sox baseball will be a lot more enjoyable in 2021. And the news of the Alex Cora rehiring, the press conference the other day has people excited. Let's go out now to the phone line and bring on former Red Sox infielder, played for the team for six years, now a Red Sox broadcaster you hear on this station and a radio host at WEEI. Pretty extensive resume. Lou Merloni with us now. Lou, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. I appreciate you joining me. And let me start with this. We've had some time now to digest the Alex Cora press conference. What did you think of how he handled everything? Um, Kind of like how I expected. You know, and the thing is, is like to me, it's like when you listen to Alex speak, you have a tendency to believe him. You know, I think the personality, the kind of guy that he is. So um, talking about how hard it was been and how embarrassing it was for his family and having some diff- tough, difficult decisions, you know, not just with his own family, his mom, his brother, his, his oldest daughter, who's getting ready to go off to college. So she was kind of, you know, you hear things and you're reading things and I think being able to admit that you did wrong I think is tough but um, I think he handled it well I don't think it's over by any means you know I think he'll get the treatment on the road wherever he goes I imagine Yankee Stadium will be a nice place as long as there's fans there but um, I thought he handled it well as a former player who if you were playing for Alex Cora this year what do you want to hear what do you want him to say to you on those first meetings well, I think for him, it's um, I'm sure he'll address you know the things that had happened. I think he already has, to be honest with you. I think that when the news broke, and obviously he walked away, I think that he was already in contact with you know most of the guys on this roster, most of the guys that'll be back here playing for him again this year. For some of the guys that don't know him, I don't think it'll take long for those guys to get to know him and enjoy playing for him. So, um, much like you heard the other day, how he's embarrassed by it. Uh, you know, he kind of saw the game that these guys in this locker room love, and uh, he made a huge mistake. Yeah, and it's honestly, it's still something that, as much as I like Alex Cora, it still pisses me off. You know, mm-hmm. because I can't even imagine you know the extent that they went to, and it's one of the, it's one of the biggest cheating scandals, you know, in the game, in the history of the game. So he's going to have to live with that, and he's going to have to explain it. But I think it won't take long for him to get his players on board. You were questioning, and I agree, what was taking so long and why did Heim Bloom maybe not want Alex Cora back? Do you think that Heim Bloom did think that Alex Cora was his guy, or did he know that everybody else wanted him, so hiring Cora gives Bloom a little more job security in his own right? Yeah, I think, you know, again, in the end, to me it really doesn't matter whether he was his guy or not. You know, it's not like the ownership is trying to throw a 76-year-old Tony LaRusso on him, right? Yeah. Or somebody that, that's an older player that's not familiar, that you don't know if it's going to work here. I mean, they're throwing a young manager in this game who's only been in for two years, who's already been successful, who the players like, who the media enjoys. Fan base likes to hear him talk. So, you know, and if you're high in bloom... You know, I, I think what it came down to was, yeah, I'm not so sure Bloom really wanted Alex in the beginning of this process. And I think he almost interviewed these other guys thinking that, you know, hopefully somebody might blow him away um, and kind of give him a fresh start and be able to start new, you know, with his own guy. But I think what ended up happening was it was actually Alex Cord that blew him away. He, was, he found out that he was probably exactly what he was looking for. So, um in the end, the ownership's role is basically to say, you know what, we'll support you to bring it back here, given everything that happened. I think that's all the involvement they need to have. But in the end, no one's going to change their opinion. You know, you either think that, that ownership threw Alex Cora and forced him to 
to hire him or or you actually believe Hein Bloom and again it gets a little bit because if if Hein Bloom went to you know Sam Fold, especially after naming the finalists, Fold versus Cora, if you went Sam Fold, now the bullseye is not only on Sam Fold, but it's also on himself. This has to work. You didn't take the popular guy, but by taking Alex Cora, it does insulate him a little bit and say, Okay, now I can just go do my job. I've managed the people I, I know he can handle the media. Let me do my job now and let's face it, if it doesn't work out with Cora, he can move on and people always say what's this to be him. Lou Maloney, former Red Sox infielder, Boston radio host, Red Sox announcer with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEVAM and FMWDEVradio.com. You mentioned Bloom being able to just do his job. What do you think the best course of action for this team in the offseason is? Shopping the deep end of the swimming pool, or are they going to just be picking up a bunch of bargain basement one-year stopgap guys? Well, I think the bargain basement's a lot better than it's been in the past. Yeah. You know, given um, the amount of guys that are going to be out there, I mean, nobody's options were basically picked up. I mean, there was a handful of guys. That's about it. Like Zach Britton. I think every other reliever is basically on the market. There's a lot of good pitchers still on the market. I, the question I have is, I'm not so sure how Bloom's going to dive into anybody sign anybody with a qualifying offer attached to them. You know, I still look at this as a rebuild this next season. I expect them to get a lot better, but by grabbing a guy like, like you know, Trevor Bauer probably would never happen, but even a guy like George Springer, and this is where it would get interesting, or a guy like Rio Muto. You know, do you want to give up a second-round pick? You know, do you want to give up some money in the international signing bonus, or are you trying to build you know, not just a big league roster, but a farm system that can be sustainable? And, and you know, and the other one, too, is the CBA. You know, do I want to go back over this luxury tax, not knowing what next year's CBA is, and creating a three-year window again when I want to reset, and is now the time to do that. So, I think there's a lot of good arms that'll be out there. I think I'd like to see him add a couple of starters and and throw three guys or so in that bullpen, and I think that would be a good start. The question I have is a guy like Springer. You know, I think he's an intriguing one. You know, five years, you bring a guy in like that and say, "This I have a legit bat." at the top of my order or the middle of my order um, for the next five. Um, I just don't think he's going to go qualifying off the guys, but there's enough players out there to feel the good team. The guy who's most interesting to me on the roster already is Andrew Benintendi. There was a time two years ago where I wouldn't have traded him for almost anybody in baseball, and now I don't know what exactly he is. 260 hitter who now is injured last year. What do you think Benintendi is? I think the big problem is he doesn't know what he is, you know, and, and like you said, we saw what he looked like his rookie year. I think he's more of that guy, you know, but he, he put on some weight to try to add power and strength um, the year before, and he lost his athletic ability. Last year was supposed to be a turnaround, and obviously it didn't go well in get him. So um, he's not a guy you can move right now, that's for sure. You know, people talking about move trading and they didn't get anything from him given the last year and a half. So I think he's a guy that you have to pencil in on, and you have to give him an opportunity early in the year that you can play to be a starting list for you. But if that's where the depth comes into play. And if you've seen much of what you've seen the last year and a half from Andrew Benetendi, you're at the point where now you've got to be thinking, okay, moving on from him, you know, and selling, selling low on a guy like that because it's just it, it doesn't fit your roster anymore. Lou Maloney with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEVAM and FM, WDEVradio.com. I want to jump over to the Patriots real quick. It was on your show the other day, and I was shocked to hear it, where Bill Belichick spoke openly about leaving the Jets and uh, you know, it was one of the best moments of his career. Were you surprised at that level of honesty from Belichick? Because you don't usually get that from him. Yeah, I know. Um, last couple of weeks, there has been some honesty from him, you know, talking about the, this roster and salary cap, but... 
And the interesting thing was that was just like a throwaway comment, you know, from Glenn Ordway at the end. You know, like, hey, they mention it again. They always do. And, you know, you thought you'd kind of just get the, yeah, well, they, yeah, whatever, <laughs> bye. And instead he got into it. And, you know, I don't think he likes the Jets at all. Um, he's always been in a good mood whenever we interview him the week after, especially if they beat the Jets, right? So, um, I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was strange for him. I know we're going to talk about it some more here today, but to kind of go back and talk about the appreciation. You know, he's, he's fell from the crafts for signing him and Patriot fans, and now he's going to continue to work. And I, don't, I, think, I feel like there was a lot there. You know, I think there's a lot of that the last couple of weeks that we know where we are right now, and we're going to continue to work and try to get better. And I appreciate the opportunity I've been getting here in New England. It was just, it, it was, it was a little bit different. Well, my last question for you is this: I saw the guys on ESPN talking about it. I heard Colin Cowherd talking about it on Fox. They all seem to think that Bill Belichick might leave at the end of the year, and whether that's retirement or go somewhere else. That's a, quote, better situation. They all have an idea of where he would best fit that's not New England. Could you see him anywhere but New England next season? You know, I listen, I guess anything is possible, but um, I don't know. Something tells me that Bill kind of wants to rebuild this thing and then kind of make sure it's, you know, uh, a good foundation is rebuilt and then sort of walk away. It's kind of say like, you know, because I still believe that he wants to, you know, the whole when Brady left and Brady was motivated to play well and Brady and Bill wanted to kind of win without him. I think he did realize that it wasn't going to happen this year, but I think there's part of Bill that, that would like to kind of, rebuild this thing to show everybody that that he can do exactly that you know and that it was more than just a great quarterback i think it was really both of them to be honest with you but i think that's still in bill's interest i find it hard to believe he'd be out of here lou merloni former red sox infielder boston radio host and you can hear him all season long right here on your home for red sox baseball wdev lou thanks a lot for the time the perspective we look forward to uh, talking to you again down the line you got it anytime